Lord Jesus, um, Andy's a good man, and he, he's determined, and he pushes into you, and he seeks your face, and he wants to love you with all his heart and his soul and his mind and strength. I think he's benefited hugely from his early career as a teacher, because whenever he, t- he, he, he shares, I just, I just really enjoy the way he, he does that and the skills that he demonstrates in that. So I I just pray that you'll be with him because I think he's had a lot of temptations perhaps in his own life and so he's not not sharing out of some academic thing. He's, uh, he's, He's sharing out of experience he's had and victories that he's gained as a result of just pushing into you as he's lived his life. So Andy, I bless you in Jesus' name just to really help us as we move forward together. Amen. Thank you, John. Bless you. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, good to be here sharing about this subject. There we go. Okay. Uh, now, see, I'm not sure where to stand so that I'm on camera but not blocking the screen. If I go a little bit this way. Stop. Is that it? Back a bit. There we go. Anyone remember the golden shot? <laughs> Heinz, the bolt. Bernie the Bolt it was at one point, wasn't it? No, it's Heights in the first one, I think. Anyway, right, enough of that. So this morning, we are carrying on with this um, overall theme we've got for this quotes, unquotes term. Sorry, that's the teacher in me. Um, Living the old story in the new day. And the uh, subject today is overcoming temptation. And you've been made all sorts of promises earlier in the meeting about exactly what I'm going to do this morning. So um, I'm not sure whether I will fulfill the Trades Descriptions Act on that. But hopefully I'll bring something that will be of help. It certainly helped me in preparing it. And this theme about living the old story in the new day, really it's all just continuing the, the overall theme we've been looking at for, for a little while now of what it means to, uh, to kind of live on this earth representing Jesus, what it means to be his disciple here on earth. And there's a purpose to that. And I just want to really communicate that this morning, that the purpose of all of these things we're looking at with regard to our discipleship and overcoming temptation is one of those things. The purpose of that is that we can be equipped as disciples to fulfill our mission in this world. That's the whole point. We are discipled for a purpose. We're discipled for a purpose. And that purpose is that we fulfill the mission of God in this world. A guy called Chris Wright in one of his books um, writes this, and I love this quote. It's not so much that God has a mission for his church in the world. It's not so much that as that God has a church for his mission. Do you understand the difference? It's not like we've been given a job to do something that's just for us to do. It's that we have been created, the church has been created in order that the mission that God is already engaged in in this world and wants to fulfill through us can be carried out. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for mission, God's mission. And the question is, how can we fulfill that? How can we fulfill that better? How we can live better lives, better as disciples of Jesus in order that that mission 
can be fulfilled. And where does the subject this morning, overcoming temptation, fit into that? Now, I just want to reassure you this morning, just in case any of you wondered, this morning, even with the title Overcoming Temptation, uh, I'm not going to launch into some puritanical rant um, akin to... uh, you know, the, 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 actually, it's a myth that the Victorians put covers over the table legs um, in order not to be excited by lust. But, it's, you know, it's a good story. But apparently, you might have heard that, but it is actually a myth. It was made up by someone in, I don't know, 1800 and something as a bit of a joke. Or indeed, um, this Valentine's card I spotted uh, the other week. <laughs> you always make my heart dance, but dancing is forbidden. So we're not looking at that. What I think we are looking at in the overarching theme of overcoming temptation is this, because this would be my alternative title for this morning, Beware of Identity Theft. Because I believe that in some measure, all temptation is an attempt to steal our identity. All temptation is an attempt at identity theft. And we see that in the verses that we've been looking at this week, if we've been reading through um, the, the scheme, because we were looking in Matthew 4, and we'll see in a moment how that worked out for Jesus. But all temptation is an attempt to make us less than the person God has created us to be and make us less than the person we really want to be and know that we are. And in my experience, on the occasions I give in to temptation, my overall feeling afterwards is, that isn't me. All temptation is an attempt at identity theft. So let's listen to how that worked out uh, for Jesus in the wilderness in Matthew 4. Um, Some of you might have been reading this over and over again this week, but some of you may not have done, so let's listen to it. Uh, again. So Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. We could spend a lot of time unwrapping that, but we're not going to this morning. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, You mustn't test the Lord your God. And next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain, And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said, if you'll kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away. For now. And angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, artists through the ages, have attempted to uh, depict what was going on there in the wilderness, Uh, mostly very graphically, very imaginatively, 
Um, and I guess I can understand why. I mean, you know, you want a bit of drama in your painting, don't you? And maybe, I mean, I wasn't there. <laughs> Neither were they, mind you, but I wasn't there. Maybe it was like that. But in the book of Hebrews, and we'll return to this verse right at the end, we read that Jesus was tempted in every respect as we are. Now, I don't know if any of you have experienced what's shown here on the screen. I suspect most of you have not. I haven't. I think if we were tempted in that way, it would probably make life a bit easier in some ways because there's no, you know, no question about what's going on if that's happening, is there? I think it was probably a bit more like this. Jesus by himself, hungry, in the wilderness. Temptation for me, and I think for most of us, is usually a process of inner turmoil and decision-making. It's a process that James talks about in chapter 1 of his letter. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. And these desires give birth to sinful actions. Interesting to note there, by the way, that the temptation isn't the problem. It's what they can give birth to that's the problem. So we're going to look at the passage in a bit of detail over the next uh, 15 minutes. And we're going to look at it on two levels. We're going to look at it in terms of what was going on with Jesus. What is particular to this situation that we read about in Matthew 4. And then we're then going to look at, on another level, what is there that we can glean from this that is general to any situation, to our situation. Now, the first one of those, the things particular to this situation, that tells us more about Jesus. That enables us to learn more about Jesus. The second enables us to learn more about ourselves. So what was going on for Jesus? Well, the context is really important, I think. Jesus is just about to go public with his ministry on earth. And the question facing him, if we think about it, the question facing him is, what is that ministry going to look like? He had decisions to make. He had choices to make, just as we do. There wasn't a script that he was reading from all the way through, you know? We read it looking backwards. We know that after Matthew 4 comes Matthew 5. But there was no one there standing by the roadside for Jesus saying, you are now entering Matthew 5. Here's the script. And Jesus had choices to make, real choices to make, as he was in this wilderness. What should that ministry look like? What kind of Messiah? How would he fulfill the expectation of the ages for his people? So here comes the first temptation. 
if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Now, on one level, there's a very basic thing that's, being, that's going on there. Jesus is hungry. And the tempter, which is actually the Greek word that's being used here, the tempter knows our points of weakness. It's, it, temptation comes at our points of weakness, doesn't it? Temptation very rarely comes at our points of strength. Jesus is hungry. This temptation comes after 40 days in the wilderness. And by the way, that, in terms of Jewish people reading this and knowing about this, that that in itself would have spoken to them. The 40 days paralleling with the 40 years in the wilderness for the Israelites before they entered their promised land. But Jesus is about to enter into something, and he is in the wilderness, and he's hungry, and the tempter comes at his point of weakness. But more broadly than that, I believe there is a temptation being presented in front of Jesus as he considers what his ministry is going to look like to use the power that he has for his own comfort. If you think about all that Jesus was able to do in terms of miracles, think about the fact that he did actually miraculously multiply bread, uh, bread and fish, that, that, that probably this is a very real temptation. This isn't just some hypothetical thing. And Jesus, you can go on doing this. And Jesus, if you cut yourself living rough, you, you can just heal your own body. And Jesus, if you end up being whipped, you can, you can just heal it. Jesus, you don't actually need to experience pain. And more generally, because I think it's significant because of how Jesus answers, he's tempted to just be self-reliant. You can do this, Jesus. You don't you don't really need to spend all that time in prayer with the Father. Just, just get on in your own strength. You'll be fine. And that's where it transfers to us. The temptation in our mission to think, oh, it's all right, we can do this. We're quite good at this now. Temptation for us as a church to think, well, we're pretty good at this now, really. It's all right, it all works. Worship's fantastic. And just very subtly to start relying on ourselves. And more generally in life, just to, to think that we can just rely on our own gifts and talents. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm a firm believer that our gifts and talents are God-given. God loves us to use them. I'm a great believer in that scene from Chariots of Fire when Eric Little is running around the track and you get that thing, when I run, I feel his pleasure. But will we just get used to our own capabilities and stay with that? Or will we continue to stay in communion with God and listen to the voice of the Spirit? Because 
the answer that Jesus gives is that we need to rely on God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, we live by. And he says in John 5, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Second temptation. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down from the highest point of the temple. Now again, I wasn't there. Did he literally get transported to the highest point of the temple? Was that just happening in his head? I tend to think the latter. Either way, here's the temptation. Jesus, you can create a spectacle that everyone will see. You can create a spectacle that everyone will know who you are. Surely that's going to be good, Jesus. Crowds will follow you. Let's, let's, Let's let the fireworks off in your ministry. Let's draw a crowd. A ministry that shows all your power and position. But the problem is, at the end of that, you end up with pride and arrogance. And the same applies to us. We can, in life, from time to time, at work, in our families, with our friends even, we can manipulate things so that we end up looking good. We can self-promote. And the end of that is pride and arrogance. And I think that Jesus answered that both there in the wilderness and then in how he carried out his ministry with humility and servanthood. That fantastic verse from John 13. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. You see, the temptation again wasn't an empty one. It was true. The Father had put all things under Jesus' power. And maybe jumping off the temple was a real possibility. Jesus, knowing that, got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, and began to wash his disciples' feet. Jesus rejects that temptation, chooses a life of humility and servanthood, and he empowers and releases others to perform the miracle. So it's not just him. He's not just keeping all of that to himself. Feet washing is a long way from death-defying leaps from temple roofs. We might be tempted to the spectacular, but maybe this life of discipleship is going to involve a lot more foot washing than roof leaping. And third temptation, all this, the tempter says, the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, I will give you. you just got to kneel down and worship me. Any blues fans here? It's the scene at the crossroads. <laughs> Selling your soul in order to be the greatest blues player. If you don't understand any of that, on my apologies. 
take the power? Jesus. Build your own kingdom. You're going to be a good king. Maybe, maybe this is the way forward. And for us, the temptation to put influence and control over integrity as we build our own little kingdoms in life. Jesus' answer is no. (laughs) Worship the Lord your God. Seek his kingdom first. And you know, I said that Satan departed for now. I don't believe that Jesus stopped being tempted from that point on. And we get little glimpses of that. In John 13, we get the scene where the crowd comes and wants to make Jesus king there and then. All the kingdoms of the world, Jesus, they can be yours right now. And just think of the good you can do. Just, you know, bend the rules a bit every now and again. Jesus rejects that. And then right at the end, with crucifixion looming, even there, there is this thought in Jesus' head, just as it would be with any of us, maybe there's another way. But, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now, I've... I've talked about very big brush themes here. I suppose really what I'm saying is that we can learn from Jesus. Yes, he uses scripture. That can be helpful. And yes, practically, I could, we could spend a whole other session talking about how practically we can deal with temptation by having very open conversations with each other by being very honest and transparent with each other. The early Methodists had what they called class meetings, which were a bit like our home groups, and they had three questions they always addressed in those meetings. And I can only remember two of them. I probably thought the first two were difficult enough, because the question would be to each other, what sin have you given way to this week? And then the second question is, what sin were you tempted to this week? Now, I'm not suggesting we necessarily go down that route, but we can learn something there. But more broadly, we just need to realize who we are. We need to get sorted in our mind, in our spirit, and in our heart. What mission are we on? How are we going to fulfill that mission best? And one final thought. The disciples came to Jesus and asked him how to pray. So I'm calling it the disciples' prayer, not the Lord's prayer. It's the Lord's prayer in that he taught it, but it's our prayer. Jesus combats 
The first temptation by talking about reliance on God. What does it say in the prayer? Give us today our daily bread. Jesus, turn the stones into bread. No, says Jesus, go to God. Give us today our daily bread. Daily. Not monthly or yearly. Daily. Daily communion. Jesus combats the second temptation, living a life of humility and servanthood. Humility, forgive us our debts, acknowledging that we haven't got it all together. And compassion to others, as we've forgiven our debtors. And Jesus combats the third temptation by saying, no, we need to seek God's kingdom first. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Maybe we should be praying these things. That's a way of overcoming temptation. So final slide, back to this verse in Hebrews. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. We have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let's not give in to identity theft. You know, online we're very careful, hopefully, to guard against identity theft in life. Let's guard against identity theft. Let's put in place the practical measures to help that not to happen. But let's resolve some stuff in our hearts. And I just, before I hand the microphone back, let's just spend a moment allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us through this verse. And if there's things you're facing right now that are live issues for you, Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You don't sit there in condemnation because of that. Because Jesus has been through it. And he didn't give in to the identity theft. Allow him to strengthen you now. Amen.